right now in the name of Jesus. I speak life over our families. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Start to war. Come on, somebody get up. Somebody start to fight for your children and the children's children and your children's children's children. Come on, somebody. Stand to your feet. Start to take back what the devil keeps trying to steal from you. Come on. Father, this morning, we take back our families. God, I take back my family in South Central Los Angeles, God. Father, for those who are still in gangs, Father, for my cousins still involved in drugs, God, for my uncles still involved in selling and in my and doing all that craziness, Father, I plead out for you. I plead out for them, God, in your name. God, and I ask that you would save them. God, I ask that you would put the right people in their place. God, I ask that you put the right people in my family's place, God, in Los Angeles right now. God, speak to them. Save them, Jesus. Oh, Lord, I ask that you would save my family, Lord. They're in the dark. Lord, I ask that you would send the right people to them, Jesus. That you would point them to yourself, Lord. Oh, God, right now, we just ask for our families, God. We ask for those who aren't saved yet, who are lost, who don't know you, Jesus. And God, we ask through the power of your Holy Spirit that you would speak to them, Lord. God, we ask for Saul of Tarsus encounters, God. I ask that you would show up to them, God. Show up to them in a mighty way, in a mighty and unexpected way, and speak to them, God in a way that changes their lives forever, God. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. Oh, we just love you this morning, God. Oh, we just love you this morning, God. Oh, God, we just come to worship you this morning. Come on, if you've come to worship God, put your hands up this morning. Come on, raise your hands to heaven this morning. God, we give you what you deserve. And you deserve all of us. You deserve all of my praise, all of my worship, my very heart, God. You deserve it all. Oh, we just thank you, Jesus. Come on, get to your feet. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. Yes, come on.
Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your freedom, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. We invite you, Holy Spirit, to come and fill us. Fill this place, Jesus. Fill this place, Jesus. Freedom in this place.
Jesus right now with your voices. Whatever you want to say, thank you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. We worship you. We lift up your name in this place. You are holy. You are wonderful. You are so worthy of every bit of praise and adoration, God. And we lift our voices and our song to you today. We love you, Jesus. You are so worthy. Worthy of it
come on. We can say that all morning. We can say that all morning, but you got to believe it in your heart. Saying it's one thing, believing it's another. Can we just believe that this morning? Can we just believe how much he loves us this morning? Can you just believe this morning that you are his and his plans are good and he has a plan for you and purpose for you and it's good no matter what you're going through because you don't know who's sitting next to you. You don't know what's going on in their life. Some of you are just praising them because everything's great. Some of you are praising them because you just lost somebody in your family. Some of you are praising him because your marriage is awesome. Some of you are praising him because he's helping you through a rough marriage. Look, guys, we just have to believe that we are his. We just have to believe that he loves us. And you got to receive that this morning. We can say it all morning, but can we just believe it now? Come on. Can we just tell him how much we love him this morning? Can we believe it in our hearts? Come on, we are yours. We love you. Come on, we believe you love us. Come on, holy. Oh, we love you, Father. We love you, we love you, we love you. Can you just feel that this morning? Come on, let him love you this morning. Let him wrap his arms around you this morning. Come on. Feel his love in the house. Yes, Father. Come on.
today, but every day. Have your way, Lord. You're worthy of it all. Have your way. Every single day, let that be your anthem. Let, let that be what you cry out to Him. Let that fill you up every morning. Let that fill you up before you go to bed. Come on. Just ask Him to have His way. Come on, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, we love you, we love you. And we lift you up this morning. We ask you to touch this house. Continue to move in this place. And have your way. Have your way. Have your way. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on. Can we get excited this morning? Come on. He loves you, so let's love him back. Come on. still worshiping worship you're still laying there lay there everybody else go say hi to somebody and love on somebody this morning that's what this is all about Oh, yeah.
All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. I love y'all, but man, give an inch, take a mile. <laughs> I don't want to get out of here. I don't care. I'll stay all day. Don't bother me. Unfortunately, it bothers a lot of other people. <laughs> man. How y'all doing? Come on, that, that's okay. That's okay for the worship we just had, I guess. How you guys doing? There we go. That's a, that's a little better. That's a little better. So, uh, hey, guys, well, welcome out to the gathering place. Uh, I am DJ along with my wife, Jules. We get the honor to pastor here, and we just love you guys. Welcome to the family. Uh, we just absolutely love y'all. And uh, if you're new, do me a favor. Fill out a Connect card. We'll have these Connect cards for you. They're out on a wooden desk in the foyer. But, man, just let us know you were here. That's it. We're not going to handle it. We just want to reach out. Say hi, pray for you if you have any prayer requests. If you got any questions, we can answer them over the phone. So it's pretty easy stuff. Um, but that's, that's really what we want to do is try to answer some questions and pray for you. So fill that out. And if you want more information about the church, you can find it online on the website. You can get it on um, the app. You can download all that information. And that information is all throughout uh, the church. So you can find that stuff. Um, I do want to talk about our Sunday mornings, which is, begins at 9 o'clock every Sunday. If, if you want, we have what we call kingdom classes. And, and what that, that's a more in-depth teaching. It's a more in-depth uh, word on what's going on this morning. Uh, Jeff and Pam did a... Was Pam here? No. I said, unless she left. So it was just Jeff. It was just... She's like, I've heard this. So, but yeah, Jeff taught more science and faith. Uh, pretty good stuff, guys. That's... Uh, it's a great teaching, and uh, he started that last time. And then every seven weeks or so, eight weeks, we kind of get around and, and try to open up opportunities. So it, it runs in those kind of flows. And we just, look, this is stuff that I might not always talk about up here on a Sunday morning. But if you see something on the, on the list, like that was the last one. So obviously you don't see the list. But next week, I'll just tune you in. Next week, I'm going to be talking about identity. So if you want to be here at 9 o'clock uh, next week over in the annex, I'm going to talk about identity that's foundational to who we are and what we do. And I, I just kind of, it was kind of cool. I just heard that the ladies had a phenomenal Friday um, <laughs> prayer gathering, and they talked about identity. So imagine that. That's good stuff. Uh, that's what I like to hear. So, uh, so be here next, next week, identity, and uh, everything will be good. <laughs> Um, man, let's see what do we got. Uh, get prepared. Small groups are starting up. We like to do family groups and gather, um, you know, outside the church and, and they'll be starting in September, but man, we, we really have a training day for that. That's going to be coming up in on the 28th of August. So if you're interested in hosting a group, if you're interested in opening up your home, if you're interested in, in leading anything like that, come talk to us. We're going to have a training day on the 28th so we can walk you through that what that looks, how to use some apps and some, some other stuff on the website and ways to promote what you're doing. But it's really just an opportunity for you to, to if God put something on your heart and said, hey, you know, I, I always use mine because, well, I'm biased. You know, I like to shoot guns and I like to eat food. So I do God, guns, and gravy. And I said, can I actually do that as a group? And I'm thinking, yes, I can. I just invite everybody to my house, whoever wants to eat food and shoot guns. And then we throw Jesus right in the middle of it, which is really cool, which is the purpose of it. But man, what it does, it gets you together with people um, that you might not have known yet and you have an interest, but then it opens up the door to just do life together. It becomes one big family. So we have everything from, from teens all the way up. So I'm sure there'll be something for you. But if God put anything like that on your heart and he's been stirring that up in you over the years and you have just never walked into that, it's time to walk into it. It's time to say yes to what he's asking you to do because you never know what comes out of those things. 
I've seen marriages just completely change over small groups. Look, they are good. Um, it is there for you. It puts you in a smaller environment than what you're in right now. So, so you can be close to somebody. You can get prayer. They can, they can walk you through some stuff, uh, but really good. So uh, if God's laying that on your heart, start praying about that. We'll, we'll talk more about it later. Uh, I don't want you to forget about our Mexico trip in December, uh, the 5th through the 15th of December. We're going to Mexico mission trip. Uh, if you want to be part of that, let us know. Uh, you do need your passport, and it's going to be about $700 uh, to, to fly down there. And then, you know, but here's the thing. If you want to go and, and the only thing stopping you is money, just let us know. We're going we're gonna to make a way. We're going to make a way that people can go. It's so important you get to be part of this. But let us know because we're trying to work out the game plan um, and, and work through those things. So I'm excited about that and what God wants to do down there. And be in constant prayer because I'm leaving in like, 11 days to go to Africa. So, um, man, it's going to be good. We're going to spend, do like 13 days in Africa and meet with Posheri and uh, see how the orphanage is going. But man, God has a plan for us over there in a relationship with them and, and how we do that. So be praying about that. We'll also be receiving an offering for that. So if you want to give to that specifically so that we can, hand, you know, they came, she came here and actually preached while she was in the States. She came here and shared a message and we were able to bless her uh, uh, abundantly, which was absolutely amazing. But now we get to go over there and do a face-to-face. So if that's something you want to do, if, that, if it's put on your heart, you can find that online. You can give online. You can fill out an a offering envelope and just say you want to go to Africa, and we'll make sure that she gets blessed when we go over there um, so we can take care of her and all the kids. And I think she has like 120-some kids. Um, and we're going over there, and we have 200 baptisms and like 30 pastors that we're going to... Um, ordain and and anoint and put them in the in the field which is awesome so and they all all those came out of the orphanage i mean (laughs) talk about raising up family and sending them out that's what we do y'all and that's what that's all about so uh good stuff so if you want to be part of that you you can you can give that way uh and then like i said this will be our first time going there so hopefully when i establish this then we're going to open that door for other people to go and next time we go it'll be a little more you know we'll take more of the family but uh, this was the God movement on this one. So um, a couple more. These are quick announcements. I just want to get them out because God put them on my heart this morning. Um, we are moving some people Monday and Tuesday. <laughs> We're just moving some people. Okay, so if you got, you know, hands and a good back and you want to help us move people, we're going to meet here at 8 o'clock uh, Monday morning. And hopefully if we can get it all done in one day, we'll move both people in one day. If not, then uh, we'll, we'll do it again on Tuesday. So I've got to... You know, we're going to have trailers. We've just got to move some people. So if you want to be part of that, uh, come on and show up, 8 a.m. I'll meet you right here on Monday. So that's tomorrow. Um, that's right. There you go. I want to turn it over uh, to Kevin for a second. I want him, our teens, we have a picture of our teens here. You got that picture? Come on. Our teens just got back from a motion conference. Uh, they just spent three days in... Or however many days, I don't know. According to them, it was a whole bunch. So I'm going to turn it over to them and let them talk a little bit about that so you can see what's happening with our students. All right. If we can get the whole GPS tribe up here, please, I would appreciate that. Those who can come here, awesome. Oh, man, praise God. All right. God is good. Man, all the time. Man, praise God. That's awesome. You guys always remember that. Um, Pastor DJ is like, hey, I want one of them to share, and only one of them probably is going to share. But we are a tribe. That means we are a family, and everything we do, we do together. So when we lead, we lead together. 
Uh, when we fail, we fail together. And so um, we just, that's what we're building, uh, a tribe. And so that's why they're all up here, as many as can be. I know some of them are serving, uh, just so you know, which is awesome. And there's the main, one of the main chiefs that just walked in. <laughs> oh, uh, that's my beautiful wife, uh, Pastor Crystal. So uh, first off, I just want to say thank you. I don't want to be too long-winded. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Uh, for all of you who prayed, for all of you who have supported financially, who all of you who have, you know, for, for every one of you, every time you give to this church, you're giving to them. Right. You know, your tithes and your offering, you know, they're not going just to, like, fix a light bulb. They're going to change lives. Yes. You know, and so you, go ahead and give yourself a hand. Come on. Give Jesus a hand. How about that? Give Jesus a hand. And so... Um, you know, God is just doing something, something amazing, something great. Um, and I just felt in my spirit, I, I really wanted to say this earlier, so I want to say it right now. Um, what you saw this morning isn't hype. Amen. Just want you guys to know that. Amen. What you saw this morning wasn't hype. What you saw this morning was a tribe taking their place back yeah. in the front. They're, they're leading. They're leading. Um, and I was talking to Pastor DJ about this, but... You know, we're taking our place back at the gate. As a tribe, we're we've decided that we're following Jesus whether adults want to praise with us or not. We're going to follow Jesus whether the adults want to jump with us or not. We're going to follow Jesus. We're going to follow Jesus. And we're not ashamed and we just don't care. Honestly, we just don't care anymore. You're either going to worship and praise and jump and act crazy with us or you're not. And that's okay. We love you anyways. But I just want you to know that we're going after Jesus, and we, we're expecting the Holy Spirit to just fall and break out and do amazing things in this place. And I just, I'm so excited, and I hope you guys are ready for miracles in this house. I hope you guys are ready for financial blessings in this house. I hope you guys are ready because it's coming. Because it's coming. You guys haven't seen anything yet. This place is going to fill up, not because we care about numbers, but because people are going to be drawn to the Spirit of God in this place. And when, when the moment you stop believing is the moment where the enemy is, that's where he wants you, right there. That you no longer believe. So this morning, I wanted to encourage you, church, to continue to believe God. He is great and awesome, and he's doing an amazing thing with these teenagers, and they believe. They believe. All right, I'm going to pass it to Bailey. Uh, just so you guys know, I, I didn't rehearse anything. She just found out about, what, two, three minutes ago? Something like that. So I just wanted her to share real quick a little bit of what she felt and what God did for her. So you all want to give her a hand? It was crazy. Let's just say that. This weekend was absolutely crazy. Um, I definitely, the Spirit, Holy Spirit was definitely there, especially on, was that Friday? That was our long day? Yeah. 12-hour day doing nothing but worshiping and listening to different people uh, talk to us and then fellowshipping with our youth group and other youth groups. And um, Thursday, not Thursday night, Friday night, the spirit was there with every single one of us, all 12,000 people at least that was in that stadium. The Holy Spirit was with us. And um, I don't even remember what song they were doing. But... <laughs> It don't matter, um, but the spirit was there, and he was with us, and I had no choice but to just fall down on my knees and worship him and sob out to him and praise him, 
for all that he's done in me and the rest of this youth group. So. I'm Jordan. <laughs> so I'll say this weekend was an experience for a lot of people. All right. All right. Um, so, uh, number one, you know, this is in, um, I think he's just still, you know, dealing with a lot of emotions. And uh, it's been really, really uh, tough. This weekend was really tough, especially for Jordan. Uh, he lost one of his friends a few days ago um, in Montgomery, right? Um, so, uh, he got shot. Is that correct? So he got shot, and um, so it was a really difficult time for Jordan. Um, and it was really awesome because his, uh, you know, his tribe back here got to just uh, love on him through that and help him through that experience. And um, it's funny how God works because it wasn't planned. None of that was planned, you know. Um, he wasn't even coming with us originally. So he got added on, what, like three days before that Wednesday? No, one day before. He got added on one day before. Uh, but God doesn't make mistakes. Come on, somebody. And so although he looks shy, you know, I think he's just dealing with some stuff. But, you know, Jordan is strong. And God's blessing him, and he's moving in his life. And, you know, I, I be truly believe that God spent some moments with Jordan and really helped him through this walk um, with his friend and what he's dealing with and just, you know, letting him know that he's a leader. That he has a pastor's heart. That he's a blessing. Amen. Amen. All right. Y'all want to come up here? Last one. Come on. Come here, Edwina. Uh, the last one, I was going to um, just talk about them and uh, Michael. You know, uh, they had a very uh, emotional and tough time as well. Um, you know, Brother Greg, we love you. Uh, Brother Greg um, <clears throat> lost his mother, and so... Um, and they were at the trip when um, that happened. So uh, it was, you know, a difficult time, but also a godly time because, you know, really the, one of the last gifts that their grandma gave them, their nana, is that what you call it, nana, right? Their nana gave them was the gift of, hey, go and have fun. Go and be a part. <laughs> and that's what they did. You know, they got into the presence. They had their hands up. They're worshiping. And, you know, I told them, hey, your Nana is worshiping with you in heaven, <laughs> right? In heaven. And so 
Uh, I just love that because, you know, the word of God says God is not the God of the dead, but the living. But the living. So don't forget that. So I told him, you know, hey, she's up there worshiping. And guess what? You are too. And so we got to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords together uh, through the pain, through the hurt. Uh, and I'm just so proud of both of you. Michael, I'm proud of you. Edwina. Just all of, all of these teens. Uh, I'm so proud of them. They're not the next generation. They're the now generation. And they're doing something great. Amen? All right. Amen. Man, they're just so awesome, guys. Um, I hope you see leaders because I see leaders. I see pastors. I see worship pastors. I see uh, youth pastors. I, I, I see kids pastors. I see all sorts of pastors. I see it. So we just, uh, number one, thank you to Pastor DJ. Can you guys just give it up for Pastor DJ, please? Um, and can you guys give it up for Pastor Julie real quick? Um, believe it or not, Pastor Kevin dropped the ball. I know, surprise. I'm always messing stuff up. But uh, she was able to pull out these shirts, these amazing shirts that have a QR code on the back. Uh, believe it or not, a bunch of the teens were like taking QR code, like pictures of it and like trying to see where it leads them. Uh, if you don't know, this QR code leads them to our website. Uh, so it's, it's ministry without them even having to open their mouth. Um, and so, Pastor Julie, I just want to thank you and honor you. I know that it wasn't an easy task just throwing out, you know, 30 shirts real quick. Um, it takes time and devotion. And honestly, it takes love. So thank you so much, Pastor Julie. We appreciate you. All right. So I'm excited. I love you guys. I want to thank you once more. Can we just give a big, warm welcome once again to Pastor DJ? Come on. Give it up for Pastor Kevin and Crystal. We love those guys. You know, I shared it before, but it's amazing because we knew this was going to happen. We knew it was going to happen because I denied it. <laughs> he came to me and said, hey, we're going to go to motion. And I had been to motion before. I, take, uh, I took the teens there when I was running the youth uh, ministry. We went up there, and it was fun. It was just fun. And I was like, this is awesome. We get to experience some, some worship. And... Uh, and it was really cool. So when he came to me and said, hey, we want to go back to motion, I was like, ah, man, that's just like our students are well above that. I go, we just don't want to go have fun. We want to encounter, man. We want to go encounter the Holy Ghost and see what, and, and Pastor Julie kind of stepped up for them and, and said they're going to go change the atmosphere there. So I truly believe that's what happened. I believe they took him with them. And when, when they got there, the Holy Ghost was like, it's about time you guys showed up. It's time to drop. Uh, and from what I heard, that's what happened. So uh, it was powerful. It was awesome. And we thank you uh, for those that gave. Uh, just what an honor. Thank you so much um, to make sure these kids could go do that. It's so cool. Like I said, this is not about us, y'all. We can, this, is about the next, this is about that generation and the generation after that and the generation after that. Um, this home is for them. This family is for them. It's not about us anymore. Like we're, we're, Our goal is to secure this for the future uh, for everybody else. So that's awesome. And, man, so much going on. Mm. You know, sometimes you just have to experience something different to get, to, to get fired up again. And I mean, we've had, this was a powerful week for a lot of us because we had the, you know, the, the women, you know, first the students kick it off up there and they go up on Thursday or Wednesday. I don't even know what day they went up. Thursday? Thursday. 
And then the women kick it off with a prayer gathering that, that I heard just it was absolutely amazing, uh, which was so cool. I'll tell you, I'm excited about that. And uh, we went up to see Dan Moeller up in over in Valley, which was awesome too. Uh, I mean, so we had people going different directions, but getting filled up with the same Holy Ghost. You know how cool that is that, that you don't have to just come here and experience. Because what happens when you just come here and this is all you do, man, you become numb to some stuff. You, 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 you get really comfortable in this atmosphere and, and you just get so used to it that it will lull you to sleep. It'll just, you'll just sit in here and it'll be good. And you're like, yeah, this is cool. And then all of a sudden you think that everything is just fine the way you're doing it. And pretty soon you're asleep. And that's where the enemy wants you. And that can happen. So getting out and experiencing different things, man, that gets you re-energized. It opens your eyes to different things. And, man, it just gets powerful. So um, I love that. And I love that because, you know, as a church, we have to do that sometimes. We, got, we have to circle the wagons and we have to come back at it. Why? Because we know, we know what we've experienced in this house. We've seen it in here. And I'm sorry, but I come in expecting that every single weekend. I come in expecting the Holy Ghost to wreck this place every single weekend. And if everybody comes in with that expectation, man, it can, it can, it can get wild up in here. Okay, but the thing is, is sometimes we just kind of go through the motions because they're just motions and, and it's good. And why change what's good? You know, so I'm not going to, I'm kind of already preaching, but um, before I do that, I, man, I, I, the Holy Ghost is putting on my heart, so I need to do this. Real quick, um, uh, Greg, you know, you know, it's hard as a pastor because you, you feel what people feel. So, you know, we were going up there, and I get a call from, actually, I missed his call. He actually texted me like the day before or called me, and I missed his call, and his, mo his, his mom was in the hospital, and uh, I missed it. So by the time I called him, I was actually heading up, you know, out of town, and he's like, hey, you know, my mom's not good, and it was immediate. It wasn't like one of these things where you, you get a long time to prepare for this. And then um, and he was in the hospital, and then he calls me and says, hey, she's gone. So, And his kids were, you know, his kids are at motion, and I'm going, wow, I'm not here. Pastor Kevin's not here. I'm like, man, I just got to pray for you. Like, we're just going to pray for you because, you know, and he's strong. And so, I, that, you know, the whole time he's strong. You know, you're, you're going to go through your seasons. You're going to, you're going to walk that out. You know, there's, there's loss involved. So obviously there's emotions involved. Um, but, but, you know, he, a lot landed on his lap at that moment. A lot landed on his lap. And, you know, they weren't prepared for that. His mom wasn't prepared for that. So um, they're going to do a funeral in Georgia um, next Saturday. Um, but, you know, him and his brother have to cover all that. And they weren't prepared for that. So I want to receive an offering this morning. Because sometimes we, we don't get to choose what happens in our life. But we want to honor those that do it. So I just felt that this morning that we're going to do a, a, just a special offering. So if you want to bless them, um, if we got, where's our ushers? I think they're out in the hallway or something. James, will you just, I don't know if we can get some, some music playing back there, but I want to take, I want to pray over this. Uh, if you want to give online, if you usually give online, just, just in the block, you can just put, you know, Greg Bailey or the Bailey family or however you want to do that. Um, but man, we just want to honor them this morning and let them know he's got a family that stands beside him. I mean, we're really good at this. We are really good um, 
at taking care of not only people outside our family, but people inside our family. So this is one of those opportunities. I feel like he wants to do it. So come on, Father. We just bless this. Father, we love you. We thank you, Lord. Father, we come before you with this offering for Greg's family. Can you just be with them, Lord? Guide him in these next steps, him and his children and his family and his brother. Father, we just ask you to wrap your arms around him and love on him this morning, Lord. Just love on him. Let him feel the love in this house. Let him feel your love. Just saturate him right now. So, Father, I ask you to bless this offering for them. Father, let this, let this help in a tremendous way to make sure that his mom gets honored the way she needs to be honored. So, Lord, we just thank you for that. We just thank you for that, Lord. I thank you for the hearts in this room. We thank you for this family. We thank you that we get to do this, that we have the capability of doing this. We just thank you for that, Lord. So, Father, we just love you. We surrender everything to you. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Come on, you can keep giving. You can keep giving. You want to pray for him? You can pray for him. We love you, brother. We've been praying this whole time. If you want to give afterwards, like I said, you have time. You know, we'll, we'll receive offering at the end of, of service. If you want to give then to it, if it, that gives you more time, you can do that. Just designate it so we make sure it gets there. Thank you, brother. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, guys. Um, that's what family does. We just... Lift each other up, take care of each other. Um, that's what we do. So, whew. all right. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I was not going to cry today. Every Sunday I say that same thing. I wasn't going to cry today. Well, man, we are, uh, we are already an hour and a half in the service. You guys having a good time? <laughs> that is what it's all about. Uh, I, I do have a word for you. Um, and... Uh, I hope it lines up in your heart for what God wants to do. Uh, we've been talking about being ambassadors and hopefully what you saw this morning um, with our teens, they're ambassadors. Uh, they are ambassadors for Christ. When they get out there, they are representing him with all of their heart, all of their mind, every action they do, everything. I mean, and the same thing goes for us. We're supposed to do that. Every communication we have, how we act, how we talk, how we walk, we are supposed to be ambassadors for him. Okay, that, that's what we are supposed to do. So, so that's what we get to do. And that comes, you know, out of 2 Corinthians 5.20. So if you have your Bible, this is going to be good this morning. Because we don't have somebody back there on production. Which means I'm not putting stuff up on the screen this morning. So I'll give you time to pull your Bible out. I'll give you time to pull your phone out. If you want to download the Bible app, go ahead. If not, you can listen to me as I, as I read the Word. Um. We knew this was going to happen one day. <laughs> no, we're good. What's that? Oh, it's going to be 2 Corinthians 5.20. Yeah. Yeah. We're good. We already made the decision to move forward without that this morning. So, um, so it's good. If you never downloaded the Bible app, go ahead and download that. It's a really good app. Uh, it's free. And, man, you get tons of different translations and you can highlight stuff. You can do everything you want right on your phone or your iPad or whatever you want to do. And it's always with you. I, that's probably one of the coolest things I have now is that no matter where I go, I've got a Bible, several of them, <laughs> on, on my phone. 
which is nice. But don't forget, hard copies are good. Okay, get a hard copy. If you don't have a hard copy, um, they're good. Um, it's funny how many times God speaks to me and I'll write it in the Bible. And then when I get done studying that one, it goes on the shelf. And then when I want to dig into it again, I open it up and I'm like, man, look at all these notes. I was like, this is so cool that that's what he spoke to me when, when I was reading it. So you can write in your Bible. You can highlight in your Bible. You're not offending God. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right. And this, I, I made you do all that work. So you just get this one little verse just so I can show you that we are ambassadors. Okay. This isn't even that big, y'all. But I will be reading uh, quite a bit in, in the Word this morning. So 2 Corinthians 5.20, I read out of the NLT uh, this morning. It's going to be, so we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. So we are Christ's ambassadors, right? Then God is making his appeal through us. And we speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. Come back to God. We are all formed with him. He created us all before he launched us here. And when we get here, we kind of go, go our own ways. We kind of do our own thing. So our job as Christians, as born-again Christians, people that say that, that I'm walking this out of my life, is to be ambassadors for him to say, come back to God. Come back to where you started. Come back to, to the love that, that was there in the beginning. Come back. And how do we do that? We walk that out in our lives. We, we show that in our lives. Love flows through us. The light flows through us. Everything comes out of us. And when people get around us, they just want to know why are you different, right? And you're different because you're born again. And, and you believe that he loves you. And, and you're just going to walk that out in your life. I mean, that, that's what this is all about. So, um, so that's where we're at this morning. So we're supposed to represent the kingdom. This house will represent the kingdom. It's going to be love. There's going to be light in everything we do. So that's what we're challenged to do. So we've been talking about this. You know, we talked, you know, last week, I think we got into um, reading the Bible. I mean, there, there's a challenge for you. I, I challenged you last week. That's right. I did. I challenged you on something. Last two weeks in a row, I challenged you. One, I challenged to share your testimony because that's the easiest way to share the gospel. And last week, no, I didn't get a hand. So, uh, um, but this week I said, you know, we, last week we talked about reading the Bible. That was pretty impactful when you understand that if you read the Bible four more times in a week, the, the, how much that changes your life as opposed to three and under. If you read the Bible three days or less, it's like you're not reading the Bible at all. It has the same impact in your life as somebody that doesn't read the Bible. That's pretty crazy. You know, reading all those numbers, just it, my mind was blown away. I was like, wow, that's unbelievable that you could literally come to church. This is the only time you read the Bible. And when you walk out of here, you don't read it again until next week. That's just like someone who's never heard the Bible before. That's how important it is to get in the Word. That's why the Word's with us. So I challenge you this week to try to read. Anybody read the Bible more this week? Okay, okay, this is so much better. Oh, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do, Lord, if, if everybody kept their hand out. I've been like, ah. Oh. I guess I just had a redo. <laughs> I'm like, all right, we're going back into that one. Obviously, this, this was the crowd that didn't hear it, you know. I feel like we have multiple churches that come in all the time anyway. So um, maybe, maybe you didn't hear all that. But um, real good stuff, real good stats. If you want all that information, watch last week's sermon. It's all in there. 
Uh, but keep reading it. So, because I believe this, ambassadors, last week we talked about ambassadors, they, they have to be smart. You know, an ambassador represents the United States, they got to be smart. So I use that as an analogy, an ambassador of the United States. You just, you got to know what's, what's going on. So you, you got to understand that. Now, the other thing is what I want to talk about this week was ambassadors walk in obedience. See, ambassadors, if there's an ambassador uh, that represents something, I'm just going to keep going back to our country. If there's a U.S. ambassador, they can't go out and do whatever they want to do. It is not about them. They fall under authority. They fall in obedience to something higher than them, which means that they have lines drawn for them, and they, and they, they can't color outside the lines. You understand? They represent a higher authority. So, so they have to color within the lines, but within the lines, they can do whatever they want. They have the authority to do whatever they want within the lines. Okay, so that's what ambassadors do. So, so it's not that they can't go draw their own picture. Okay, so when, when you represent the United States of America, you've got to color inside the lines of, of the doctrine and, and the beliefs of the United States, if you're an ambassador. So since we are ambassadors to the kingdom, we fall under that guidance, which means it's all about him. It's all about the kingdom, not about us. We can't inject ourselves into that. Okay, and that's what happens. We start coloring outside the lines when we say, well, this is what I want. No, that's coloring outside the lines. It's what does God want? Okay, we can't draw our own lines. So we have to walk in obedience to what he wants. Now, I know this is, a couple weeks ago I talked about obedience. You remember I shared about Jonah? We read the entire book of Jonah. <laughs> all right? That was all about obedience. That's why I know this is so good because God threw it out my heart again and he said, you need to talk about obedience. And I'm like, I just talked about obedience. And he goes, I'm going to show you another level of it. He goes, they need to get another level of it. So that's what we're going to talk about this morning is obedience. And this is big because I, I think, you know, like I said earlier, you, we get to the point where um, we get just asleep sometimes. You know, we get so used to, to, to walking in this and, and seeing what he's doing, we forget that, that what he does here is through obedience. Uh, how we built it to this point was obeying what he asked us to do. So what happens is then we fall asleep and we're no longer doing what he's asking us to do. We're doing what we want to do because we got to taste it for a little bit. And then all of a sudden, it kind of disappears. And we find ourselves going, how come it's not doing what it used to do? You know, how come my marriage isn't as good as it used to be? How come this isn't happening? How come my friends aren't the way they used to be? How? And, it, and a lot of it has to do with obedience. A lot of it has to do with the going back to what's the last thing God told you to do. And did you do it? Did you do it your way or his way? That's huge. Because we can always do stuff our way and think we did it his way, but we really didn't. And so his hands that were once on you and covering you, empowering you and doing all those things, they're not on you anymore. Doesn't mean he doesn't love you. Doesn't mean that he's not around you, but you're not walking in that authority that you usually have because now you're walking in disobedience. You're rebelling. And it's not because you don't love him. It's none of that. It's because you get so comfortable into worrying about yourself and what's comfortable for you. And you allow that to happen so much that pretty soon you're just walking in disobedience and you don't even know it. Okay, so this is important because as Christians, we have got to fall under that in obedience. So in other words, you know, when, I, when I'm talking about this, we, we need to seek him with all of our heart. And, and, and when you do that, it draws you closer to him. You know, we talked about this last week. I said, read the Bible. We don't read the Bible. We don't read the Bible to please him. 
We read the Bible to get close to him. You know, you don't pray to please him. I don't wake up and go, I got to pray to the Lord or he's going to be mad at me. It doesn't work that way. You pray to him to get close to him. You don't worship him just because everybody says worship him. And if you don't worship him, he'll be mad. You worship him to get close to him. So, so everything's about getting close and intimate with the Lord. That's why we do it. I think about this with our grandbaby. So our grandbaby, they live in Leeds. I wish I could see her every day in person, but we don't. We see her about five times a day, you know, through Facebook, through a video, FaceTime. That's why I have a wife. Men without a wife, get a wife. <laughs> they will keep you straight. <laughs> but here's the thing. So what, why do we do that? We don't do that to please her. We, we, we don't get on there and stare at her face and make all these weird noises and stuff to make, to make her happy. We do it because we want a relationship with her and we understand we can't see her every day in person. We do the same thing. So every time we see her, we're excited and we're, we're laughing at her and she's laughing back and our personalities are being exchanged through FaceTime, right? Because that's the only way we can do it right now. But the cool part is that she knows that and it's ingrained in her head, our voices. Like when my wife called the other day, she was just telling me this story yesterday, so hopefully I get it right. My daughter was going into some store, the baby was sleeping in the back of the car and she goes, mom, what do I do? Like, do I wake her up to take her into the store or do I just sit here and let her sleep? Well, as soon as she started talking, the baby woke up with a smile on her face and looked right towards the phone. Like, I, I, I know Grammy's voice. I know her voice and it makes her happy. Why? Because she's happy there's, an, there's already a relationship there that we work on every single day. Every day we work on that. That's how the Lord feels with us. He's like, oh my gosh, I hear your voice. Oh my gosh, I hear your voice. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And he, he turns his face to you and he goes, thank you. I just want to hear your voice. But that's what we're doing. We're not doing that to please him. We're doing it because we want to be intimate with him. And that's so big because we can walk away from that. We can walk away from that because we feel him. When you walk in here, you feel him. Yeah, that was one of my greatest things about this, this family and this church. Every time I walked in the door, I'd start weeping. Didn't matter if it was a Monday night. It, it, I was just like, man, I can feel the presence of the Lord in here. So what that made me feel like was, man, we got there. Like we're doing it right. Yeah. Like, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing because it's obviously working. Yeah. <laughs> but then what happens is you get lulled to sleep because now you're not striving forward. Now you're not. It's that continuous improvement I talked about last week. How are we consistently wanting more? We've got to want more. You can't stay in the same place. He wants more of us and more of us and more. I'm sorry, he's a jealous God. We serve a jealous God. He wants all of you, which means if there's any bit of you that's not his, he wants it all, which means you can't stop it that I'm going to give you just a little bit because he wants you to be in obedience. He has plans for you. He has, he has stuff for you. So anyway, oh man, I'm telling you, it's so good. You got to understand that he put, it, it's this easy with with, with intimacy with him. He put a fire inside of your heart. He, he lit a match and he put this little flame inside of your heart when he created you. Everybody's got it. When you get born again, it starts to flame up. I mean, it starts to really get hot. Okay, but just like any fire, it only lasts as long as you feed it. I mean, it, it really does. I love bonfires. I love the fact that I can go outside and 
when it start, it's starting to get to be that weather. Not really, but it's not. As long as it ain't 150 degrees, we're going to have a fire outside. That's what I'm talking about. I just don't want to burn down the woods. Okay? So come January, it's going to be awesome time to have a fire outside. But here's the thing. What I love about it is we take, we take the Christmas tree, which ours is usually like 12, 14. I mean, it's a big old tree. And you throw it on the fire. It's huge. Like you're burning the roof of the house. I mean, it's absolutely amazing. Greatest thing ever. I mean, the flame's so bad, like people are backing up and you're just like, the heat's coming at you. You're like, this is so good. Then all of a sudden it's like, you're like, ah, like that was so cool for a moment. That was the hottest fire I've ever felt for a moment. And the only way to get it back there is to keep feeding it. And sometimes we walk in here, sometimes we get in his presence and man, it's, and it just blows up in our heart and it blows up. And we're just like, this is so awesome. This is the hottest thing ever. And then because you're not feeding it, it goes down. It doesn't go away. It just shrinks down to this little flame again. And it's up to you to pour something on it. It's up to you to pour into it. It's up to you to throw a log on the fire. Nobody else can do that for you. Man. So, yeah, that was free. (laughs) But we need to do that. That's your job. Your job is to throw that, throw a log on the fire, throw intimacy log on the fire with him. If you do that, guess what? Then it's going all the time. Because I'm very settled when I have a, you know, if, I mean, we got a lot of firewood at my house. I cut down 20 trees this year. And I'm not like talking 20 trees like little saplings. I'm talking oak trees. Lots of firewood. So I don't need a big old, huge Christmas tree to throw it on there. Just to get that big flash, I can keep stoking the fire. I can keep breathing. I can let the Holy Ghost come breathe on it. I can keep throwing wood on it. I can keep, I can build up a huge fire in my heart if I keep just doing it one at a time. Consistency, repetitiveness, you know, never running out of wood, but constantly keep in mind of what's going on. If you sit back long enough, that thing is going to burn out into these little coals. Okay. And I I believe that's what happens in churches. That's why you see... Um, you see revivals happen and they come in and they throw a pine tree <laughs> on a fire and this big revival kicks up and everybody's like, yes, look at this. And then all of a sudden it's like, Phew! and everybody walks away and they go, what was that? And they want more of that. So what they do is they seek revival instead of seeking him. And they don't realize they can simply sit there and just throw logs on it and throw logs on it and throw logs on it and throw logs on it. And they can have that same feeling in their home if they would just take the time and do that. Okay, this has nothing to do with what I'm going to talk about. <sighs> All right. I'm going to give you a chance to get to this while I'm talking. Go to 1 Samuel 15. 1 Samuel 15. Um, and I'm going to catch up on this. We're going to talk about Saul, not the same Saul we talked about last week. If you remember, we talked about Saul, road to Damascus, you know, Saul, Paul thing. We're not talking about that Saul today. We're talking about King Saul. We're talking about the first king of Israel. Okay, that's who we're going to talk about today. So as you get to 1 Samuel 15, I'll give you some backstory on what I, um, what I love to talk about. Because today we're going to read the Bible again. Um, I'm actually going to go 1 through 26 <laughs> in about 15 minutes. <laughs> 1 through 26. This is going to be good, though, because I want you to... It, the, the same thing happens to Saul. 
he finds himself in a position where everything's going his way and he just kind of gets lulled to sleep and he just lets things happen and pretty soon he's serving himself and he's not serving the Lord. This is big. This is big. Um, so, so what you need to know is that he was the first king of Israel. Before then, they had prophets. So the prophet Samuel, uh, he was, he was kind of over Israel. And what he would do is come in and, and he would do, you know, he'd hear from the Lord. He'd tell him what to do. He'd take care of him. He was the judge over the land. He would do all these things. Um, he, would, he would come in and, uh, you know, they would do sacrifices, all kinds of things to please the Lord. But that's how they governed Israel. Everybody else, the Philistines, uh, Malachites, all these people, they all had kings. They all had kings. Okay, so what the Israelites wanted, what, what, what they wanted, they wanted a king. They go, we want a king because everybody else has a king. And Samuel's like, no, you don't. And like, we want a king because your two sons that are supposed to take over for you, they're not like you. He goes, they're, they're, they're greedy. They're all about money. They're, they're, it's, all about, um, it's all about taking the justice system and it's really making it crooked. It's not good. People are paying them money to, to rule things. Not like we've ever heard that before. So they go, we're sick of this. We trust you. We don't trust your sons. We want a king like everybody else. Everybody else got a king. It's kind of like saying, everybody else got a sports car. I want a sports car. You have, you have nine kids, Purdue. You can't have a sports car. <laughs> so so here, here's the thing. So this, this is what they wanted. They said, they said, Lord, we want this. And Samuel's like, no, you don't. You get a king, he's going to take your sons. They're going to be soldiers. He's going to take your daughters. They're going to be working in his palace. They're going to take your grain. He's going to, this is what happens in a kingdom. Okay, he takes over a lot of your stuff. You don't want a king. And, and of course, they said they do. So Samuel went back to the Lord and said, they want a king. And he says, fine, give him a king. And he told him, your king's going to walk up to this point. You're going to meet him. I'm not going to get into all that story. And the king he tells him is Saul. Now, Saul is about 30 years old. He's the tallest best-looking, masculine dude you can find at that time. So he's everything the world looks at. He has got to be the king. This is the man. And, and Samuel goes, yep, this is the man, because God tells him this person's going to come. So he anoints him as king. And, and Saul now becomes king, the first king of Israel. And he goes on as king. You know, he was obeying the Lord. He was walking in that. He was obeying Samuel. was telling him everything, and he's walking in that. Everything is going good. They're, they're defeating everybody. Like, they're walking in and just, you know, they're just taking the land because everybody was after them, so now they're taking the land. And everything's going good while he's following the Lord. While he's in obedience with the Lord, everything's going good. He slips out of obedience once and then comes back, and there's favor in that, and, 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 and the hand's back on him. But that's where we're going to pick it up. So he, he ruled for about 42 years. Could you imagine that? having the same leader for 42 years. It's a long time, especially if you don't like them. <laughs> but here they're just like, man, this guy is like, like, you know, he, he's, he's obeying the Lord. He's doing good. We've got our king. So we're going to pick it up here. First uh, Samuel 15, one through six. Uh, this is one day Samuel said to Saul, remember Samuel's the prophet um, and he's old. Um, he said, it was the Lord who told me to anoint you as king of his people, Israel. Now listen to this message from the Lord. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies has declared. I have decided to settle accounts with the nation of Amalek for opposing Israel when they came from Egypt. So remember, this is after they've come out of Egypt. Um, uh, the, the, the Amalekites, they, they were like, they were not good. Like they, they were, 
they were not good to Israelites. Let's put, just put it that way. Uh, they did not like them. So that's where we're at in this. He's going to settle the account now is what the Lord's saying. Now go and completely destroy the entire Amalekite nation. Men, women, children, babies, cattle, sheep, goats, camels, and donkeys. Yeah, this is the Lord talking. He goes, they came against you. We're coming against them. But now it's going to be in the name of the Lord. You're going to go destroy them. Get them out of here. So that, that's, that was the spoken word of the Lord. And Samuel's job was to go in and do that as king. Difference is the Hebrew word for destroy also means to um, consecrate. It also means, it could mean to completely destroy, like wipe out, or it could mean to sacrifice. Because back then, how you pleased the Lord was you sacrificed to the Lord. Not the same as today. There was a sacrifice. He died on the cross. Hmm. So here, um, so that's what they, so he, this is what he was supposed to do. Go in and kill them all. So he wants everything gone. So verse four, so Saul mobilized his army at uh, Tel Aim. There, there were 200,000 soldiers from Israel and 10,000 men from Judah. Then Saul and his army went to a town of the Amalekites and lay wait in the valley. Saul sent this warning to the uh, Kenites. Move away from here because they live next to him. Move away from where the Amalekites live or you will die with them for you showed kindness to all the people of Israel when they came up out of Egypt. So the Kenites packed up and left. It's funny how you will obey somebody when it deals with your life. Right, we have, a, we have a problem obeying when it's something very simple, like go pray for somebody or go bless somebody or go correct somebody. You know, we, we have troubles with that. But man, when someone says, hey, if you don't leave this position right now, you're going to die. We're like, who said it? Janitor? Let's go. <laughs> like, we're good. Like, we're going to trust him. Like, he said, we're going to die, so get out. Well, these people were like, yeah, sure, if we're going to die, we're leaving. So obedience is not hard. It's a choice. doesn't matter who's saying it. You've got to choose to obey. It's never the person saying it. It's your heart. It's are you willing to obey? It's are you willing to do it? So they tell them to get out of the way, so of course they're leaving. It says, verse 7, Then, then Saul slaughtered the Amalekites from uh, Havilah all the way to, to Shur, east of Egypt. He captured Agag, the Amalekite king, but completely destroyed everyone else. Saul and his men spared Agag's life and kept the best of the sheep and goats and cattle, the fat calves and lambs, everything, in fact, that appealed to them. They destroyed only what was worthless or of poor quality. So here we see the problem. God said, go kill everything or sacrifice it. And they decided to go in and one, save the king. And two, keep everything they wanted. They put self above him. They said, what looks good to us? And I'm pretty sure as a king, they're going in and there's a lot of good stuff, right? There's a lot of good stuff here. And I'm sure all his, his troops are like, hey man, can't we just keep this? Like, we're kind of hungry. Like, can't we just keep this stuff? So Saul's getting feedback. Like, why do you want us to destroy everything? So he has to choose, do I go with the people or do I go with the Lord? Wow. How often do you have to deal with that in your life? Where you're going one way and everybody else is going the other. And you're like, but I'm following the Lord. And they're like, but, but we want you to go this way because we're all going this way. Don't you want to please us? <laughs> Aren't we more important than somebody you can't even see? 
And this is where Saul makes a mistake. He pleases other people. And he doesn't kill everything. So you're going to give in to the pushback. You're going to give in to your friends. When you guys go back to school as students and, and you're fired up. I mean, you go back, what, like next week? Like in a week or two? And you go back fired up. Man, you've been in here jumping up and down, praising the Lord. You're going to go back and you're, and you're going to have a different walk to you. And your friends are going to show up and be like, what's wrong with you, man? Just come do this stuff with us. And you're going to have a choice to make. You're going to have to walk in obedience with what the Lord told you, or you're going to give in to what people want. And what happens when you give in to what people want, the Lord takes his hands off you. The covering that was over you, the, the protection that was over you, the blessing that was over you, when you walk in disobedience, he takes it off. And he goes, have your way. Doesn't mean he doesn't love you. He just says, hey, <laughs> if you're going to walk in disobedience, I still love you, but good luck. And that's what happens. That's what you see happening here. I'm telling you, there, there's stuff. You're going to deal with stuff. When, when you give your heart to Christ and you start making a decision to obey and follow the Lord, your family's going to come against you. Your friends are going to come against you. Your, your work will come against you. Your school. I mean, everybody wants to come against you. And you're going to have to make a decision. Uh, am I going to obey and walk this thing out? Because I'm telling you, he's asking you to do something in obedience, whatever that is. And I'm not talking like, Kill a nation. Okay, that's not, not, not what I'm saying. <laughs> that worked for them back then. I'm talking about he's trusting you with something. So he's asking you to do it. And he trusts that you're going to do it. And are you willing to walk in obedience to what he asked you to do? It could be very simplistic. It could be some of the smallest little things that he's asked you to do and you still chose not to do it. And he's going he's gonna to slowly remove that hand of grace. He's going to be like, fine, serve yourself. Go ahead. I'm still here. I'll be waiting here. I'll be that little flame inside of you waiting on you to stir it up, to get it moving again. He goes, I'll be waiting here, but man, I'm just going to pull back. And this is what happens. And it happens multiple ways. I think with Saul, what happened is all these years that this wasn't immediate after he took over. I mean, he has years and years of winning. Years of doing what the Lord says and walking in and just taking over. This is what he was doing. He's like, man, I don't know. We've been doing this for a while now. We're really good. Nobody's defeating us. You ever been on an undefeated team? It's hard to lose. You got a little chip on your shoulder. You're like, ain't nobody beat us yet. And all of a sudden, you, you get a little excited, and all of a sudden, you'll start making mistakes. All of a sudden, you won't practice as much. You'll be like, you know, we're good. Like, we've been beating everybody. I've walked that out. I've walked that out and lost the last game of the season. <laughs> you, you spend 20-some games undefeated and then just take a little break because you're like, man, we've been beating everybody. Nobody can beat us. And you take that little bitty break and someone whoops up on you, someone that had no chance. That's how it is spiritually. We, we, we think that we've got everything overcome and we're moving forward, we're moving forward, and we're, just, we're winning every battle and we're just like, hey, I can take a step back. I don't need to talk to him every day. I don't need to read my Bible every day. Because look at me. Like, his hand's on me. Everything's good. I can just walk this and, and cruise this thing out. And all of a sudden, something happens. You're like, what just happened? That's never happened before. Well, you got to take a rewind and go, what was the last thing God told you to do? 
And are you still putting a log on the fire? And are you still in obedience? And are you still walking that out in your life? So anyway, uh, verse 10, it says, Then the Lord said to Samuel, I am sorry that I ever made Saul king, for he has not been loyal to me and has refused to obey my command. This is the Lord talking. The Lord's like, I'm sorry you're even king. This is, I mean, this guy's been doing the work of the Lord. He's like, I'm sorry I ever made him king. So Samuel was so deeply moved when he heard this that he cried out to the Lord all night. And early the next morning, Samuel went to find Saul. Someone told him Saul went to the town of uh, Caramel to set up, to set up a monument to himself. Then he went on to Gilgal. So here you see where even when your friends are crying out for you, even when people see it coming, when your family sees it coming, when you start slipping, when you start taking a break, people see it coming, they're crying out for you all through the night. And sometimes the Lord's like, I hear you and I love you, but my hand's coming off this right now. And I'm not talking about, pun- this is not punishment. This is, this is him just saying, you want to try it on your own? Go ahead. It's not punishment. He's, he, he, look, we serve a God that loves us. Okay. And sometimes when you love somebody, you got to give them a chance to fly. I mean, they kick babies out of, you know, little baby birds out of nests. And if they don't fly, they don't fly. Sometimes, sometimes, you know, God's like, I'm going to take my hand off for a second. You want to see if you can fly by yourself? But that's what he does here with Samuel. He's like, okay, I'm doing it. And, you know, with Saul and Samuel's just upset over this and everything. And then now you see why. Because now Saul's going around and he's creating a monument for himself. No longer is he worshiping the Lord. Now he's worshiping himself. I'm a champion. I'm amazing. Look what I'm doing. No longer is it, look what God did in my life. Look what God's doing in my life. Look what he's done. He's not remembering any of that. He is strictly gone to sleep and says, I'm just really good. In fact, there's a statue of me. So everybody worship me. Mm. It's a gradual thing. This thing just kind of creeps up on you. It'll just creep up on you the more, the more you don't. That's why it's so important that, you know, I gave you those st- stats last week about reading the Bible. It's, I'm serious. I've seen this. I've felt this in my own life. Just take a little break from some of that stuff. Things don't seem the same. Get back into those things. Guess what? His hand comes back over you. It's not like back then where it's, it's done. <laughs> we, serve, we serve a different king. I mean, Jesus is king and he loves us. And guess what? Nowadays, we can repent. We can take a step back and, and we get a redo. <laughs> and he's like, come on. I still love you. Thank you. Repent. Change the way you think. Change your heart. Let's tackle this thing again. Get refocused on me. And we're going to do this thing. Guess what? I'm going to trust you again. We're going to keep moving on. That's, that's what we live in right now. They didn't live in that back then. Back then, it was God or no. <laughs> and that was your chance. Okay? This is when we realized that, that, that we weren't good enough. Couldn't do it on our own. Oh, okay, I lost my place here. Oh, yeah. So I did have a good example I want to talk about. It's 12 o'clock. You guys doing good? Because I'm going to talk about food. So I figure some of you are all hungry. But, but I, this, is, this is what I relate this to. This is probably the best way I could relate it, is that I have a craving for food sometimes. Anybody crave, like, your favorite food? Yeah, when you get it, it's the greatest thing, Right? 
But if you, if you eat your favorite food for like a week straight, you still like it. Ah, but you don't crave it. Right, so what happens is, is you, do, you do what? Now all of a sudden it's not on top of the list. Now, now all of a sudden it's not your, your favorite food anymore, right? So, so that's what happens when you start experiencing the Lord. You're like, this is so good, this is so good. I'm craving this, I'm craving Now I'm getting it every day. And you're like, oh, this is awesome. This is really good. Like, oh, we're eating that again? And instead of going deeper and deeper with him and getting closer and closer to him, you start going, that's not my favorite food anymore. Now I'm not seeking it with all my heart. Now I'm looking for something else. It works the same way. You're hungry for it. You crave it. And then when you get it all the time, sometimes you forget how you got it. Right? And I'm not saying you back away from that. What I'm saying is you got to go deeper into it. You know, I'm not, don't take this the wrong way. I'm not saying if you experience the Lord, walk away. It'll mean so much more when you come at, no. Don't flip this thing. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is you can't, you can't get so complacent that, that when that's happening, you don't appreciate it, you don't love it, you don't crave it anymore. And the only way you do that is by, by adding logs and by being present with him, by spending time with him. And every time is important. And every time can be important. And every time can be fascinating. And every time can be amazing if you let it. But if you take a step back and just let it cruise, all of a sudden it doesn't taste it. You, just, you don't realize it. You, you, just, you just assume it's just going to happen all the time, and then one day it doesn't. And then you're like, why is it not happening? You got to go back to what's the last thing he told you to do? What's the last thing he asked you to do? And get you back to it. So in verse 13, it says, When Samuel finally, finally found him, Saul greeted him cheerfully. May the Lord bless you, he said. I have carried out the Lord's command. He's all excited. He's like, hey, brother, may the Lord bless you. Look, we just did everything you wanted us to do. And then... Um, in 14, it says, Then what is all the bleeding of sheep and goats and the, the lowing of cattle I hear? Samuel demanded. That's a demand, so I'm pretty sure he said it in a different voice. So it's, it's true that the army spared the best of the sheep, the goats and the cattle, Saul uh, admitted, but they are, they are going to sacrifice them to the Lord your God. We have destroyed everything else. He's so far asleep, he says, the Lord, your God. And he doesn't say our Lord. He doesn't say the Lord. He says, the Lord, your God. Wow. He goes, we're going to sacrifice it to your Lord, not mine. Because he is his Lord at this point in his life. He said, I just created this memorial. Look, it's like everybody worships me. I'm the king. They created me. You gave them me to them. I am the king. So he kind of obeyed, <laughs> but that doesn't work. Kind of obeying the Lord doesn't work. He wants all of you. So in verse 16, then Samuel said to Saul, stop, listen to what the Lord told me last night. What did he tell you, Saul asked? And Samuel told him, although you may think little of yourself, are you not, uh, are you not the leader of the tribes of Israel? The Lord has anointed you as king of Israel. And the Lord sent you on a mission and told you, go and completely destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, until they are all dead. Why haven't you obeyed the Lord? Why did you rush for the plunder and do what was evil in the Lord's sight? But I did obey the Lord, Saul insisted. I carried out the mission he gave me. I brought back King Agag, but I destroyed everyone else. 
Then my troops brought in the best of the sheep, goats, cattle, and plunder to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilgal. So once again, you see here, he had good intentions. It wasn't that he didn't have good intentions. He was doing it to please the Lord. But he still did it out of disobedience. He didn't go all in. It was all about him and not the Lord. But he wasn't like he was doing it going, forget you and forget your Lord. He thinks he's doing something good. He's excited over it. You know, that's how the enemy makes you feel. Like you're doing something really good. Like it's really pushing on. It's really moving the kingdom when really it's not. But you feel really good about it. But he snuck in and told you it's going to be good. And in your heart, you're just like, I'm just trying to do something for the Lord. But in reality, you're not. You're living in disobedience. Verse 22 says, But Samuel replied, What is more pleasing to the Lord, your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice? He says, You're worried about sacrifices to the Lord? <laughs> he says, What's more pleasing to the Lord? Your obedience. Your obedience is more pleasing to him than anything else. And we're not, like I said, I'm still not talking life or death things. I'm talking simple little things. Can he use you as a son or daughter? Can he call you into a spot as a son or daughter? Can he, can he cause you as a, as a bit of light to go into darkness and change an entire room? Can he count on you to walk into 12,000 teenagers and change an atmosphere? That's what he wants to know. Because that's what I called you to do. We got to be willing to say yes. It says, listen, obedience is better than sacrifice and submission is better than offering the fat of rams. I'm telling you, obedience trumps everything. Everything we can do. It says actual rebellion is as sinful as witchcraft and stubbornness as bad as worshiping idols. So what's the most important thing to him? That you do what he asked you to do. And I'm not, this is not about following rules and I got to do this or I got to do this. No, that's not what I'm talking about. This is relationship, him asking you to do something, him calling you into another season to do something and you walking away from that and not doing it or doing it part way and wanting to know why you're not seeing fruit because he took his hands off it until you go back and figure out what he told you to do and correct it. That's the cool part about this. Go back to the last thing he asked you to do and did you do it? That's why you keep a journal. That's why you write things down. When he speaks to you, write it down. Write it down and say, this is what God asked me to do. And if he doesn't speak to you that way, he can. He can. He speaks to me all crazy ways. I don't even have time to tell you. And sometimes I got to have somebody translate that stuff and be like, I don't know. But he'll speak to you in, in, in ways Write that down, capture it. Don't forget what he's telling you to do. So then Saul admitted to Samuel, yes, I have sinned. I have disobeyed your instructions and the Lord's command. His heart shifted. His heart changed. All of a sudden he's crying out to the Lord, not your Lord. For I was afraid of the people and did what they demanded. But now please forgive my sin and come back with me so that I may worship the Lord. But Samuel replied, 
I will not go back with you. Since you have rejected the Lord's command, he has rejected you as king of Israel. And you can go keep reading on it. That's when it gets into the whole David, you know, then David and Goliath. And so if you think the Bible's boring, it's really not. It's an amazing story. A bunch of little stories within a story. It's really cool if you get into those things and read these. But this is right before he shows up and, and anoints David. And guess who's still in charge? Saul. He didn't, he didn't remove Saul from the position. He was operating in a position with no authority. In fact, if you keep reading, he's actually, he went from 200,000 troops to 600. Wow. He started getting defeated. That's because the Lord took his hands off it. He said, there you go, do it on your own. See what happens. I'm telling you, this obedience, uh, I have to keep going back to it. So what was the last thing God asked you to do that you didn't follow up with or that you only did halfway. And it's not too late. You want want to get back on track? You want to get back to feeling that presence the way you you saw this morning and maybe you felt this morning? You want that on a constant basis? Go back to what he told you to do, right? And do it. (laughs) And it's like immediate. Like there's, there's an obedience in that. And when you start doing those things, he puts his hand back over you. And he says, let me walk this out with you. Let me show you how he can get better. This is what he does, because he loves us. So some things are simple, some things are difficult. Okay? You do have to repent, ask for forgiveness. All that's good stuff. You need to do that. I could repent every day. (laughs) I tell people, I wish I was perfect. I'm not. Cut me off on the highway. I'm perfect. I was not perfect last night when I ran the back of my truck into a tree. And I'm not talking I'm cussing or anything. I'm just mad. Mad at myself because my wife told me, get a wife. Leave it till morning. It's dark. Babe, I can do it. Right until I ran into the tree. <laughs> now I'm getting ready to cut some more trees down at my house. So if anybody wants, like, I will take it out on the trees. Cut their heads off. Take down the giants. I'm telling you, though, this is, it, it, it could be something simple. Read your Bible. Maybe that's what he told you last. Maybe the last thing he told you, maybe last week when I said, read it at least four times. Maybe God was telling you in your heart, man, read it four times this week, and maybe you didn't. Go back. Read your Bible. I'm not talking about read the whole Bible four times. You know, now you have the Bible app. There's scripture in there. There's, there's, a, there's a daily verse. Get in the Word. Let that lead you into a more intimate, romantic read of the Bible. Because, man, this is, this is so good. Get into this. Read it. Maybe it's praying. Maybe he wants you more in your prayer life, and he wants to hear your voice, voice more. And he told you, show up on Monday nights because I'm there. And maybe you're not showing up because things come up. Well, what are we serving? And who are we serving? We serving ourselves? We serving him? We letting other people speak into our lives or are we letting him speak into our lives? Could it be worship? Maybe the breakout you had up here this morning, maybe today was the first time you actually came forward. And maybe you were in obedience there. Maybe there are other people that were like, ha, he told me to do that. <laughs> and I still didn't. And he's just saying, and, like, and there's some people, don't get me wrong, there's some people he didn't tell you to do that. He told you to sit in the back and pray. That's awesome. He told you to sit in back and wave the flag because that's worship. 
I don't care how he told you to do it. I'm just saying he told you to do it and you didn't. And you felt it in your heart. You felt it in your gut. Your heart was pounding. You're like, I should go up there. But, oh, man, I've never done that before. So if that's how he spoke to you, did you do it? Okay, and those are the things. <laughs> Maybe he told you to get out of a relationship. Nobody hears that one. <laughs> Who are you dating that he told you to get out of the relationship? Maybe you've been hanging around too long. Maybe it was, you know, blessing somebody. Maybe it was going somewhere. Maybe it was doing something. I don't know what it is. Whatever it is, it's not too late, too, too, too late to, to right our wrongs. It's not too late to go back and say, all right, Lord, forgive me. I'm back on track. And then watch what happens when he takes his hands and he puts them back on you. Watch what, watch what happens in your heart. Watch what happens in your family, man, in your friends, everything. When you start walking back in obedience with what he's been asking you to do, and like I said, these aren't difficult things. And maybe he asked you to do something major. I don't know. I'm excited because he asked me to go to Africa. That's pretty major. I'm excited to see what he wants to do. Like, I'm jumping inside. I'm expecting big things. So they're going to have to calm me down when I get over there. Because I'm coming in expecting big things to happen. So, so, so I, but I got to walk that out. I had a choice. Trust me, I tried it. I told the elders, I'm going to pray about this. What? I sent somebody to your face and told you where to be on time. And you got to pray about it. That's not always the excuse. I'm not saying don't pray. I'm just saying you should know his voice. Okay? So it's not too late. Let's get back in line with what God wants to do in our life. Let's fall back in love with that. Let's start putting a put another log on the fire. It's not going away. The fire's always there. So I don't care how long you haven't obeyed. I don't care how long you haven't walked in unison with him, in union with him, and folded with him. I don't know how long it's been since you haven't done that. That fire's still burning. There's still a flame. You just have to, you just have to, you have to blow on it. You got to let the Holy Ghost blow on it. You got to put a log on it. You got to read the word. I don't know what it is you got to do, but it's still there. He didn't, he didn't put it out. He'll never put it out. He built it. He built it with purpose and a passion. Your job is to figure out how to get that thing bigger and bigger and bigger. He won't do that for you. You have to make a choice to walk that out. Amen? Look, I don't really preach this long. These guys took a lot of time today. But God's moving, y'all. He's doing something big. He wants to continue to do something big. He wants to continue to do that. You know, I've been... Uh, I want to remind Ursula about what I said was coming to you during prayer night. I ain't going to tell you, but hopefully you remember what I told you. It hit me this week when we were talking. I'm telling you, if we'll open our ears, man, he'll speak to you. He'll speak to you. He really will. So I just want to pray with you this morning. And, and as I'm doing this and as I'm just praying, look, it, it, if you're not in that relationship with them, that's something you have to do. That's a personal decision. You got to walk that out. You got you to believe in them. That's what it is. It's having faith to believe in them. And once you do that, man, he'll, he'll come in and do all kinds. I can't pray. I like, I, I'm sorry. I can't pray it into you. You got to accept him into your heart.
That's why you don't see me call people down up front so I can lay hands on them. And say, uh, maybe there'll be a time for that one day. But right now, that's not what I'm doing. <laughs> what I'm doing is simply saying, if you want, if you want Him in your heart, if you want to follow Him, you want to be born again, you want to know what it's like to live with His love inside of you all the time. You want to know what it's like to to walk out life seeking Him with all of your heart and doing what He wants you to do. You can do that right where you're at. You don't have to raise your hand. You don't do anything. That's between you and Him. I do ask you this. If you if you do choose to walk this out, if you do choose to choose Him, man, let somebody know. We have a lot of stuff to help you out with, to take you to the next step. Okay? Just to take you to the next step. To help you understand terminology and, and what this means and what's next for you and to come beside you and do life with you so you understand that you're not alone in this because it can be difficult because guess what when you surrender your life to him as soon as you walk out of here the enemy's coming at you he wants to, to, to make you feel like you made a horrible decision or it didn't matter at all that's why you got to get people around you and you got to get people that love you to, to help build that up it's called discipleship <laughs> Lord, 
Use us right now, Father. Use us and flow through us. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Come on, you guys can stand. You want to stand their feet? Kevin, are you good? I'm going to turn it over to Kevin. I love you guys. Put your hands together.
Could you bring your son up here, please? I prayed over him a couple times. I thought, what was your name again? Casey. Come on up. Mercy, come on up here. He's getting ready to, uh, I guess the best way to say it is deploy, right? Yeah. So he's in the Navy. <laughs> he's going to deploy. So what I want to do is pray over him as a church and as a family that, that the Lord will protect him and guide him in everything he does. And he's going to use him everywhere he goes. So can we just do that as a family? Can you guys extend your hands over to him? Come on over here, brother. Kevin, you and Greg. So, Father, we love you, Lord. We thank you. We thank you for Casey. And right now, Father, I just, man, fill him up right now, Father God. Just fill him up with your love. Let him know that even though they're sending him on a mission somewhere, that you're sending him on a mission somewhere, Lord. There's going to be not only a healing in his heart, but a healing in the land he goes to, Father. Use him as a light wherever he goes, as a beacon where he goes, Father. Father, give them this moment to restore, recoup, fill him up so much while he's gone, Father God, that when he comes back, he's going to look different, talk different, walk different, believe in himself differently, Lord. But, Father, you're going to send a hedge of protection around him. You're going to send angels in front of him right now, Father God, to protect him and lead the way. Father God, that's what you're going to do. You're going to use him in a mighty way where he goes. So, Father, right now, we surrender him to you. Have your way in his life. Have your way in his family, Father. Have your way with his kids. Have your way with his mama right now, Lord. I ask you to protect her, guide her, and lead her as she as she walks this out. So, Lord, man, we just we just need you right now. We thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do in him and through him. Father, we just we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen.
Yes, you did. Yes, you did.
Put your thoughts on me.